You're listening to The Travelers Podcast, a podcast for the over 30s who like to travel. We're your hosts, Leanne and Al Elliott, and we're a husband and wife team who've been full-time travelers since 2017. You can follow our adventures, see our honest reviews, and get links to everything mentioned in this podcast at travelers.com. Welcome to episode eight of the Travelers Podcast. We are in, where Where the hell are we today? We're in Croatia. Oh, yeah. Our first trip to Croatia. We loved Croatia, didn't we? Mm. So tell us a bit more about where we went. Um, well, we stayed for three weeks in a place called Rijeka, uh, which is uh, Croatia's third largest city after Zagreb and Split. Uh, it's on the western coast of the country. The western, yeah, western, isn't it? It borders Italy. So Rijeka is only about an hour and a half from the Italian border. Really close. And it's known as a gateway to the to Croatia's island. So we stayed in Rijeka. But we were also going to include today the um, our day trips to Apatia, which is really close um, and really pretty. And probably probably more, probably better known than Rijeka. Yeah, but then you've also got to remember that most, well, most people know Croatia. They know it for, because of Zagreb and split and Dubrovnik and Dubrovnik um, and because the Game of Thrones Dubrovnik is now quite yeah, yeah, quite a famous famous location <laughs> so this is am I right in thinking <laughs> worst worst final series <laughs> ever let's not get onto that so <laughs> if I remember the, the if you know where Dubrovnik is then this am I right in thinking this is the complete opposite end of Croatia yeah complete opposite end which is actually really far because Croatia is really really long and skinny mm bit different to me, but very long and skinny. <laughs> so if um, Dubrovnik is right on the other side that kind of borders Bosnia, then Rijeka is all the way all the way west that borders Italy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, am I right in thinking there's something about the place we stayed at? Well, we'll come on to that. We'll come mm, on to that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah so you drive over and you'd be within maybe two or three kilometers from from, um, from uh, the border of Italy, you're in Apatia. And in fact, Apatia itself is sort of, it's very much, the, what's the um, really famous um, um, border town, uh, sorry, border town, really famous seaside resort in uh, Italy that's like where all the famous people go and I'm trying to think of some place in Italy. It's, it's like a, I want to say Riviera, but is that France? Um, I think, wasn't this known as the Austrian Riviera? Maybe, that's what I'm, I think I might be driving at that. Because I know a patty, you go in there and you could be, you could be in France. Uh, so you couldn't be in France. You could be in Italy. Um, most of the places yeah. do lots of really, really good pizzas. Um, you're gonna, it's, the place just looks very Italian. Mm. And I think there's a lot of Italian registered cars there as well because I'm guessing a lot of Italians will come across for their holidays mm-hmm. um, to Apatia because it's about a third the price of everything mm-hmm. in Italy. Um, and that was amazing. So what else do we know about uh, Apatia? Well, Apatia, Rijeka, and Croatia. Um, well, Rijeka is, is a port city, so it's on the... Apologies for any pronunciation to anybody listening who speaks <laughs> Croatian. Uh, the Kavana Bay, uh, so it's the northern Adriatic Sea, as we said, about an hour and a half from the Italian border. And I think it's it's best known as being the gateway to Croatia's island. So all those beautiful pictures that you see that look like they're in the middle of the Caribbean and turn out to be, be Croatia, that's kind of where you'd get your boat over from. Mm. There's, you might have heard of the Istrian Peninsula. So, where is the, where is it compared to that? So Istria is a little bit further 
west. So you hit Istria first. Right. Or you or you hit it and it goes down to peninsula and then you keep going and it turns into Rijeka, mm. I think. I think I think you're right. Because Rijeka the you can see the island of I want to say puta, but that's that's a rude word in Spanish, isn't it? <laughs> Was it Pula? You can say that. <laughs> Pula isn't an island. Pula is actually on the on the mainland. Oh, is it? But it's yeah, it's a, it's a very southern point. And Rijeka is kind of like this 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 very traditional working town. Um, there's a port there where lots of fish come in, and um, like Rijeka itself, they had a football team, and uh, and you just go, you just have this feeling that it's not set up necessarily for tourists no but it's definitely somewhere if you really like a bit of grit and a little bit of realism it's a fantastic place to go definitely i think that and that probably is it's probably a real theme of of how we travel and how this podcast is going to go is that we do we do seek out the the touristy places but do you remember when we started planning this trip we talked about it being the second city tour yes because we're we're from from manchester mm-hmm. and we're often frustrated that we're overlooked by our, our bigger, big brother down south. He's grumpier. <laughs> He's grumpier, but Sorry, a little sunnier, truth be told. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we kind of thought the same. Well, you know, we, we rather than just head to Zagreb or, or Ljubljana in Slovenia or um, you know, Rome in Italy, let's, let's try the, the smaller cities. So that's kind of why we picked Riaka. But I think when you do that, there comes, as you say, that realism in terms of, I think it's easier to see how people live in the city. Definitely, mm. definitely. So, population of, do you know the uh, the number? Mm, no. I think it's, a, it's roughly 186,095 people, just roughly, to the nearest one person. Oh, that's good. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm reading what you wrote down earlier on, uh, on our little show notes. Oh, I'm not sure that's, um, I'm not sure that's real. <laughs> <laughs> so, population somewhere between zero and 186,000, we think. Let's do, let's do it live, Al. Let's, we can find out. We've got Google. This is, uh, this is exciting. This, this is, is exciting. Oh, it's a little bit less. 128,000. Oh, we see, we could have left it at that. No one would have known. Well, no, but if our listeners are fact-checking... Fact-checking? <laughs> fact-checking? Fact. I hope not. <laughs> fact If you're checking. fact-checking, you're definitely at the right podcast. <laughs> 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 so, here we are then. So, tell us... Give us a little Judith Chalmers sort of um, piece to camera for the, for the five reasons why you'd want to go to Rijeka. Uh, Rijeka. Why do you want to go to Rijeka? I think is you to get that coastal, coastal town, city, really pretty. The beaches. I think that's the only reason to go to Croatia. Anyway, if you only have one reason, it's just the the coast mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like like you can't. It doesn't look real. Mm-hmm. The water is so clean and so Clear. yeah. It's just it's the most. You just you can't walk like two minutes without just stopping with your mouth open and getting your camera up. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. So we've got Mm. beaches, number one. What's the second reason? Bit of winter sun is always nice. Mm -hmm. So we were there the 7th to 27th of October, and we were still easily getting into the mid-20s every day. Um, I don't remember it being particularly cold in the evening either. No. Um, So, yeah, great, great weather. Mm -hmm. What else? I think it's probably the third reason would be it's, We've talked before about Slovenia on the previous episode, and Slovenia mm-hmm. is the mo- I think of the former Yugoslavia, Slovenia is the most westernized country. Mm-hmm. This is probably the second most westernized mm, in that it's yeah. very, um, I think you mentioned it, it's a very soft entrance into Balkan life. So um, you're going to get a bit more realism, a bit more grit, and a bit more of an idea of what former Yugoslavia was like. Yeah, much more than you would in Slovenia. Yes, 
but it's still it's not like going to um i mean bosnia is, is one of our favorite places in the world but mm. bosnia you know you're in bosnia um when you're in bosnia yeah um so and i think four and five are the same reasons that we go anywhere which are doing <laughs> <laughs> <Food and> wine <laughs> Although wine in Croatia is a, is a real thing, mm. like Slovenia is, is Slovenia is good, but Croatia is. I'm sorry, Igor. I'm sorry, and that'll make more sense to our listeners when we do our Marabo podcast. But Igor's our uh, our Slovenian friend who plays the piano, drinks wine, and uh, is general is is generally just pretty ace. Mm. So uh, so yeah, sorry, Igor. So um, sorry. No, no, you don't. Oh, thought I interrupted you. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> in terms of the <laughs> professional, aren't we? We're like, we're like, we're <laughs> um, so, in terms of the wine, though, is a lot of it comes from this Istrian region. So, if you've ever ever had a decent Croatian wine, there's a good chance it's come from the Istria yeah. region. Um, so, as you said, we went in October. The um, sunshine, it was great. It was 15 to 20, 25 degrees. It was really nice. Um, our Airbnb was a bit of an odd one, I think. We, we stayed there for 21 nights. And how much did we pay for 21 nights? 623 euros. So Which we are like no bargain. longer in Western Europe, kids. Mm. So that's a bargain. And we thought this is fantastic because it was a little cottage, mm. two-bedroom cottage with a kitchen in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got there, we realized that the two bedrooms... Uh, t- the Airbnb is for one of those bedrooms and a shared kitchen in the middle, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't horrible, but it wasn't what we expected. Uh, so we were basically in a studio apartment with an adjoining kitchen. And a dog. And a dog. And working as well. And we had one of those one meter by one meter fold down desks from the wall. Mm. So um, so we had lots of arguments over whose feet were in, under the... <laughs> uh, under <laughs> whose work was more important that day to get the desk. Yeah, and we all know it was Leanne, mm. really. But still, very cheap, and there were lots of other options available to you. If you're willing to go up to, say, €1,000 for 21 nights, you would get, you'd, you'd, you'd live in a great place. Um, so it's very, very reasonable. Um, and, of course, as you probably know with Airbnb, is that the longer you book, the better the discounts. So if you can mm-hmm. book for 28 or 30 days, it's best to go for 28, by the way, because you can cancel and get your money back. If you book over 28 days and cancel an Airbnb, you automatically do not get your money back. We learned that the hard way in Hereth, I think, or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going back to this. So Airbnb, definitely a great, it's um, a really good value for money in Rijeka and a bit more expensive in Patia. So if you like the idea of a Patia, but you want to some, you want to save some pennies, then go to Rijeka. Mm-hmm. So what have we talked? We've got some talking points written down here that we wanted to just go over. What have we not touched on? In terms of Rijeka. Or Apatia. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, to, to kind of stick on, on Rijeka, where, where we stayed was actually really pretty because it was about a 10-minute drive from the centre. And we did get on the bus a couple of times, didn't we? Oh, yeah. And that was, that was really cheap. That was like, you're talking like less than 50p for a return. Yeah. Um, so really reasonable if you are traveling on a budget. Um, they have Uber there as well, oh, tell, which we tell thought the was like story. the best thing in the world. This is the most. This is the best Uber story I've ever heard. Tell it, Leanne. So were we coming back from Rijeka Centre? We, we got the bus in. Bus in. Missed the last bus home. <laughs> got so, an Uber back. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so we called our Uber. Um, he came in a very small and old car. Like a Saxo, sort of Citroen Saxo, if you know what that is. Yeah. But, you know, went in Rome or went in Rijeka. <laughs> so we, um, we got in, kind of all smiles, um, and then noticed that there was somebody sat next to him in the front seat. Now, our initial thought was, oh, it's, he's probably like, 
you know, giving someone else a lift home. But that wasn't mm. the case, was it? Well, we accidentally booked like an Uber pool or something. Yeah, which I don't think existed back then, but yeah. No. So, uh, so we were halfway through the, uh, through the journey. Turned out the person in the front seat, who was maybe a, um, a middle-aged woman, Mm-hmm. Um, was his mum mm-hmm. who'd come along I don't know whether she'd come along to, to look after him or just for the ride yeah or... just to give him a bit of company so so there we were the two of us in the back driver in the front mum in the passenger seat and uh, and she didn't speak any English but at one point halfway down the, halfway through the um, uh, through the journey she turned around with a bag of sweets and offered us a sweet mm-hmm. <laughs> which which felt like that's exactly what a mum should do in the uh, in the passenger seat Absolutely. of a car so that was really uh, that was quite interesting yeah um but Riecha itself is a really nice town, actually. I think it was much it was much more picturesque than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I think I just expect it to be a bit more industrial, but it is. It has a really nice old town. Um, they call it the Corsa, which is like the main street there that has loads of bars and restaurants and cafes and little pretty squares to sit in. And it's, yeah, it's, architecture is beautiful. Um, it does have that Italian kind of feel to it, really, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Wide streets, cobbled. And, I, and there's some story about the um, about the border of Italy, um, where, where where we actually stayed in this little cottage, um, belonged to the guy who was doing the Airbnb, belonged to his grandparents, I think. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and apparently that was the actual the old border between Croatia or uh, then it would be Yugoslavia and um, Italy. And then when I think when they separated, I'm not sure about this, but they they moved it maybe about another five kilometers uh, further into Italy. Um, and I don't know whose idea that was, but um, it was a very good one because they incorporated Opatia. So this is quite interesting. Like the actual house we stayed in was quite interesting because it was, it was at least, you know, sort of, it was quite old. Um, you could see the old brick and uh, and apparently it was the first house in uh, Croatia, I think, or would be Yugoslavia back then, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, which was quite cool. But then we also, the uh, the guy who, who, was, who was doing it looked a little bit like Richard Bacon. Um, and he did look like <laughs> Richard Bacon. <laughs> It's just come to me now. I was like I'm trying to think who he was, and I thought <laughs> let's have a let's have a stab at this when we when we're recording a podcast. Um, let's have a stab at who he was. But he looked like Richard Bacon, and he spoke French, um, no Italian, Croatian, obviously English, and then I'm sure he spoke others. He was he was, he was yeah. a bit of a language monster. Really, really nice lad. Um, and uh, within a couple of days, I think he told us that uh, we had to come up for a barbecue. Mm-hmm. So we went up to, uh, I say up because the by the main road was the, was the house. And then you went up a few steps to the, some houses that had been built above it. And he got this beautiful um, house that he'd, uh, that he'd built. Um, and it was him and his two kids and his lovely wife. Um, and they just basically invited us up and said, right, we're just going to go and cook some food and sit and chat. And so not only were we chatting to him and his wife in fluent English, although she worked for the Croatian tourist board, didn't she? Yeah, she did, yeah. So not only was it the English flawless, um, but the kids were, were knocking about and they were speaking in, I think he was speaking Italian to them, was he? Yeah, he was speaking Italian to them they were, and they English. Were, and English. And, uh, and these kids were like four and they spoke better English and better Italian than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was amazing. So we sat there and we had some, um, some smoked fish and some sausages and some kebabs. Mm-hmm. Oh, kebabs. Now, if you go to Croatia, forget what you know about Donna Kebab. Donna kebab, although it does exist in lots of places, but the Croatian kebab is incredible. Mm-hmm. So, what, what does it look like? What's the, what's what's it called? Do you remember the name of it? Oh, no, we should have researched this before we started. But I want to say it begins with a K. But I might. Mm. Um, well, while you're looking, then, so yeah. I'll describe them. So, if you've ever had a a Sikh kebab, 
um, then you know they're sort of um, they're long and thin, and I'm, I'm trying to trying to describe them without telling you exactly what they do look like, um, which is a very long, thin piece of meat. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Um, but um, so you tend to go in and you'll get like six of these, or four of these will come together of these these lovely kebabs, and they're uh, um, and they're all shaped in uh, maybe about I wouldn't say ten to twenty centimeters long, maybe about two centimeters thick. Um, and they get served uh, on usually it's, it's with massive piles of raw onion, mm. which when we first arrived, we thought, what the hell? Why, who would want to sit there and, and eat forkfuls of raw onion? But it was definitely necessary because it cut through all the grease of the, of the kebab. And, you'd, and we ended up within minutes, we were just scoffing down these kebabs and huge spoonfuls of raw onion. Um, I'm not sure it made for, made for great breath that later that night, but it was amazing. Have you, have you found out what they're called? No, I don't. I don't know how to look at it. I'm just. I'm searching Croatian kebab, and I'm just getting a list of local takeout. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll put it in the show notes when we find it. But it's definitely worth uh, definitely worth seeking out. Huh? There you go. <laughs> 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 that was an accidental pun. So um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, they're very big on the meat. Um, anything so which could be minced and fried or grilled it is. Um, I think there's a what was it? What was you fell in love with the uh, the type of food? It was what was it called? Which one? You really liked a food that would, that translated into a bit, bit of an odd translation. Oh, I did, I did. That was um, this was actually the first, our first night, wasn't it? And what's also nice about staying slightly outside the city is I think you get a bit of a an insight into more of a local community. So there's not many tourists. You are going to walk into a place and be the only, the only English people there. But it does mean that whether that you have great fun with the um, with the translations. Um, so this one was called, and I'm really sorry again for anyone who speaks Croatian listening. I want to say Rajniki. Say it again. Rajniki. Now say it more confidently. Rajniki. Oh, Rajniki. Uh huh. And what does that mean literally in uh, English? Uh, pork butt pieces on two sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pork ass. Pork ass. Yeah. <laughs> Juicy pork ass. <laughs> so if you like ass cheek of pork, of pig ass cheek, then it's definitely this is a, this is the dish for you. But it was lovely. It was kind of like um there were thin, um, quite sort of fat. When I say fatty, I don't mean that to be horrible, but they're quite a bit like chicken thigh. You know, it's got that fat, so it's a bit bit more um, well, like a belly pork. Belly pork. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. They're very thin, and they're usually on two sticks, and they're grilled. And I think they put some kind of honey or something on top because mm. it's sticky and sweet. And they were amazing. Yeah. So that was in just, we, we literally, our first night, I think, went down to the seaside, uh, well, to, the, to the shore, and found this weird little place that was um, um, that was above an indoor football like ground. Um, and we just sat there with all the locals and drank lots and lots of beer and ate all this meat, and it was amazing. Um, but we went to some other slightly fancier places. So where did we go? Do you remember the place in Apatia? Yeah, so Apatia. Why don't we've not really talked about Apatia in terms of like what it's like as a town? Do you want to maybe give the kids some facts on Apatia? Um, so these the here's three completely made up facts about Apatia: the <laughs> population of twenty two thousand four hundred people. That's fact number one. Fact number two is um, that eighty percent of the properties are owned by Italian people as holiday homes. And fact number three is it's where the pencil was invented. 
Now, of course, all those three things are totally made up. But what isn't made up is um, you can go down there, you can have these these lovely bits of uh, pizza, uh, bits of pizza, you can have the lovely pizzas. Um, there's some really quite fancy restaurants there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one which had, had it got a Michelin star or was it going for it? I think it was going for it, yeah. It was our anniversary. Was it our anniversary or were we just greedy and decided to go? Mm. Oh, I think it was our belated anniversary because we actually started this trip on our anniversary, didn't we? So I didn't yeah. really get to do much for it so we decided to go and uh, we booked ourselves in they crowded us in a little restaurant um, quite a cool restaurant mm-hmm. you go in the bottom you get a lift to the top um, it's built right into the cliff um, there was a lot of um uh, weirdly i think there was huge tables of japanese tourists there yeah I don't know whether they were they'd got some kind of trip on or something but we seem to be the only non-croatian non-japanese people <laughs> in the restaurant um, and they did a set menu which we quite like these set menus because mm. we, we trust the chef um, and the stuff that came out, it was uh, it was great. There was one dish where um, he offended you, didn't he? Because well, I think it had been so good, and it was this really nice fusion of, of kind of Balkan and Italian food. So we had like Roman gnocchi and this kind of like was it like trout mm-hmm. cured trout. Um, what I now know was kind of a take on a what the pastry thing is called in Bosnia. Uh, Borek. Borek, yeah, a take on that. Um, and then he brought out a lamb dish that looked so freaking good. Oh, my God. It was, like, perfectly pink. It was served with some little potatoes and some, like, some puree that posh chefs always do because a parsnip isn't good enough <laughs> in its full state. Um, but it looked so good. And he put it down and he said that it was, it was, it was Welsh lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up in Wales. Um, so I've had a, f- a, f- a fair bit of Welsh lamb in my time. So I was super excited. And it was just really, really salty. Mm-hmm. And we both like salty food. Like we're, you know, we're the people that will put more salt when there's salt on it. Mm-hmm. But this was just not good to the no. point where I couldn't actually eat it. No. And we said, so we said to the waiter, you know, we said, how was it? And we said, well, th- everything else was great, but this wasn't. It was too salty. And he explained, he said something, something a little bit sort of, just brush offy like, oh, you don't know anything about lamb or something like that. Well, that's that's because it's Welsh lamb. Yeah, and uh, you said that's the wrong girl, I think. I uh, don't think it is. But anyway, that was really good, and I think we had a couple of uh, couple of whiskies out on the terrace, uh, watch the uh, uh, watch the moonlight dance off the the ocean. I'm not sure what ocean that is. That med, isn't it? The Adriatic, uh, Adriatic thing. Yeah, that sounded a bit too, uh, a bit too fancy dancing. <laughs> <there> anyway, <laughs> and so the lastly, then the place that we went to in Rijeka, which is which was a great little restaurant, um, not quite as fancy as your Michelin star, but really nice. Lots of fresh fish. Was a place called Mona, M O R N A R, Mona, um, and we sat outside. The service was great. Uh, I think we had a couple of glasses. They do lots of wines by the glass. I think if I remember there. So we had um, yeah. some, some wines we wouldn't have tried before. Um, uh, some fried fish they brought out some little bits of other bits and pieces and that's definitely somewhere that you should look up if you are in Rijeka and we'll put uh, the places or we'll try and put all the places we went to on the show notes Hmm. so is there anything else that they need to know about Rijeka or Apatia? I don't think so I think if you're looking for a less obvious choice to go to in Croatia particularly one that is geographically easier to get to if you're having a bit of a road trip around Central Europe um, then I would definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, it's a really beautiful place, but at the same time, as we said, it gives you real insight into into how people people live. Mm-hmm. Oh, and something which caught us out is that the 
the J is spelt R-I-J-E-K-A. The J is spelt is pronounced E, so Rieka. Same with Apatia. Uh, o is O-P-A-T-I-J-A. And we were calling mm. it Apatija and uh, Rijeka when we first got there. And we looked like <laughs> complete idiots. And you'll find that as well with uh, Macedonia and all, and uh, a lot of those countries around there. Like Macedonia's got a place we kept calling Skopje. And of course it's not as Skopje because it's like a soft J. So, mm-hmm. little tip from us so you don't look as stupid as we did when we first arrived <laughs> in, in Rejecca and Apatica. <laughs> okay, so next time. Do you know where we are next time, Leah? I think we head back to Slovenia next time. I think we, we head over to Maribor for the, uh, for the wine festival. Oh, this is going to be a good one. You'll love this. Okay, so we'll see you next time um, in the north of Slovenia in one mm-hmm. of our favorite places in the world, which mm-hmm. does the wine festival. Oh, I'm... I'm telling you too much to the wine festival (laughs) and you will if you like wine you'll love the next episode so until next time bye bye you've been listening to the Thravelers podcast thanks for listening and head on over to thravelers.com for all the show notes and links mentioned in the show (laughs) 